skills to help you manage your emotions during the challenging time of this outbreak. Need help and support? Please contact us at the hotline 311 Psychosocial Support at 722-6575 or 518-4157. Brought to you by PAHO, UACS Commission and UNICEF. Welcome to the show. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you had a great, really great weekend. It was Father's Day and a lot of people celebrated and I did as well. And I'll have a clip for you later on. But again, I appreciate you guys tuning in on Hits FM 92.1 and 91.1 FM and also on Facebook. I know you guys are always locked in. Thank you for that. And on Instagram and of course on channel 124 on Flow. Uh, it is June the 22nd. My name is Tresha, and we are going to talk about a lot of different issues, including for me, what was the highlight besides Father's Day, of course, and me spending time with my father. Um, the Prime Minister uh, praying on television and having that sort of um, discussion there. So we'll come back to that. But first, I wanted this segment to be about fathers and how important they are in our lives. And for me personally, I also want to say happy Father's Day to mine. Um, and, you know, I want to say thank you and all these nice things. But thank you for being you and thank you for teaching me and being there and being the kind of man that you are. Um, and because of that, and I wanted to put in this segment men doing what is right and being fathers and you know it's not something that should be lauded i think it's it's what you should do so i think maybe it's too much praise is necessary but i think we also have to highlight that sort of thing but um i saw that politicians did come out and spoke about their fathers and for them being a father and i wanted us to listen to that as well because it's a predominantly male profession it's mostly men um, being politicians here right now and um, just talking about fathers. So with the first uh, couple of politicians from the United Workers Party, it was out there. And, you know, we're in the middle of election campaigning. So, of course, people have to be humanized and that sort of thing. So let's not get it twisted. It's, it's for political reasons as well. Not that it's not genuine, but um, they did come out as fathers and both um, parties did that as well. So we're going to take a look at that at first. For now, the United Workers Party fathers. I think fatherhood is perhaps the most significant, most important role a man can play in his lifetime. I believe uh, a father is supposed to be one of the main pillars in any family. And uh, I look upon fathers, to my mind, not only as a man who has children, but as a manual for his children. Um, there, there are times when you find yourself in situations that you may not be able to handle it and, and your father figure will help you immensely. And just like my father, my father used to be a police officer and um, the discipline that he brought at home was impacted on all of us and, and thank God that none of the, his children have ever gotten themselves in any difficulties with the law. So I think because of his strength, 
uh, it's an awesome responsibility that we have as as fathers, and, and one that I, I treasure, I take very seriously, and I'm hoping all the other fathers out there are doing the same thing. Uh, it's, it's an important part of every kid's life, um, and helping build self-esteem, helping to build character. It's a, a balancing situation, but I love it. I love every minute of being a father. You know, I have three girls, you know, and they're the love of my life. You know, I have a boy, I have a young boy. Um, <clears throat> he, he, although he's very young, he could be a very challenge at times, you know, but that's a fun. And you know, whatever side of the political divide you are, it is always heartwarming to see uh, men taking up the responsibility of being a father because you know we know that it doesn't happen very often um so when it, it is and when that happens i'm always happy to see that and now let's take a look at the simisha labor party uh members talking about being you know fatherhood one of my greatest achievements in life was becoming a father and i learned the significance from my very own father i was fortunate enough to have him in my life growing up as a child he was a dedicated and hard-working policeman who gave his life in service to St. Lucia, the country he loved. He taught me many life lessons, including giving my best in everything I do. This is why, on learning I would have become a father some years ago, I committed to being the best father to my daughter, no matter what. There are many fathers out there who are moving mountains making sacrifices and doing all they can to provide and be a positive role model for the children. You are a shining example of the importance of a father to this child. I salute you. On this Father's Day, I also want to encourage fathers who may have fallen by the wayside to make a new effort to take on your responsibilities to your children. I assure you, you will find great joy and fulfillment from a closer relationship with your child. Trust me on this. Bible scripture reminds us, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Now, more than ever, we are required to give guidance to our children in a time where too many of our youth are being led astray, feel hopeless, and even neglected. Indeed, all men have a role to play in being fathers in St. Lucia. That's why I'm proud to lead a team which comprises men who are devoted fathers to not only their biological children, but to those in their communities and wider St. Lucia. We continue to lead by example, showing our children that honesty, humility, courage, Patience and understanding are just some of the many positive attributes required to ensure we can someday, soon, see a Senusha we all can be proud of. So, on behalf of my team and the entire Senusha Labour Party, I want to take this opportunity to wish you all a happy Father's Day.
Now, for me, over the weekend, I went to my grandmother's and we had something where all the men in the family came together and I thought it would be nice if I put it out because everyone has this crazy uncle and crazy people in the family. And when we got together um, yesterday on Sunday, my particularly crazy uncle had a few antics and I just thought it was so entertaining. He always does that and he always makes me laugh. And for him, I wanted to say happy Father's Day as well. And this is what we did over the weekend for Father's Day. <laughs> I keep telling that man remnant juice one pack, but um, I had a great time over the weekend, and with everything happening, and of course we're celebrating many of us actually celebrating these moments um, with everything going on still there's still some laughter to be had in some places but um, even with talking about this I also wanted us to never forget that there are a lot of parents um, still suffering with the loss of their loved one the loss of their children and in particular Miss um, Joanna, uh, Joanna Joseph Miss Arnold Joseph's mother Arnold Joseph was killed by police uh, last year and she is still asking for answers. She wants answers from the Royal Tunisia Police Force, any information she could get. And I imagine, and I've, uh, we've heard her speak here before, but in everything that's going on, it must be a very terrible feeling to have. And she continues to speak and want answers from the officials. And she put out this um, audio clip, which has gone viral on, on WhatsApp, and asking again for more information. I'm calling out on our government. I'm calling out on the people that are in charge of assisting us seafarers to come home. Some of us are very far. We are not in the Caribbean waters, neither we are in the U.S. waters. Some of us are as far as being in Italy, being in Genoa and Brazil. And I think some people are also in other parts of the world. I am asking for assistance because I'm feeling like um, some of us are being forgot. We are forgotten. You know, we are not in the system and people do not even know if we are out there. So I am sending this message out today to say to our government of St. Lucia, the minister of tourism that we have seafarers that are in different parts of the world who are stuck right now who are frustrated and we need to come home to our family i have been getting 
the same answer every day that they are waiting on my government, they are waiting for my government to reply to put stuff in place. I am asking you guys to assist us to put things in place for these people that have been stuck in these other countries because it's getting very frustrating out here. We need to come home to our family. And we need we need people to answer up to us. I have been trying my best to contact, you know, people in certain areas, as in the ambassador. You know, I've sent a, a message to Ministry of Education and nobody is not giving me any answers. So I am taking the time out today to say, guys, some of us out there are getting frustrated. We need to come home to our family. We need to come home to our country. Put something in place to assist us. Right now, it's been three months that I am stuck where I am. First, I was in Portugal for a month and a half. And now I'm in Italy. I need to get out of this ship and I need to get out of this place. I am asking you guys to come up with something and to assist us in getting out of this. Please. I am getting frustrated and I really, really need to get home to my family. We are the Helen of the West. A place where people work and play with a special rhythm. But we are experiencing a public health crisis never seen before. And it has left many of us isolated, anxious and afraid. And even though we are missing our families, our teammates and our friends, keeping our distance ensures our safety. Why is protecting our loved ones? And by extension, our solution. Let us embrace the silver lining for what it is. A moment to reflect and chart a brighter tomorrow. We are 758, 759 and everything in between. And it is because of our resilience we shall persevere. We are all St. Lucia. We never give up. Let's do this together, apart. If you haven't checked out Ram J's Auto Parts yet, what are you waiting for? We stock a wide assortment of older and newer model popular car and SUV parts. Suzuki, Toyota, Mitsubishi, Honda, Nissan, Mini Cooper, and lots more. That's not all. Ram J's also stocks truck and heavy equipment parts. And if that won't help you, we also do heavy equipment rental to keep your downtime at a minimal. Ram J's Auto Parts is located Massad Industrial Zone, Grocery. Contact us 450-0495 or 716-1400 or email ramj35 at hotmail.com. In a world where germs are widespread comes a group of superhero germ busters, the germaphobes. We spend most of our time fighting germs every day of the week. After I play, I wash my hands. Before I eat, I wash my hands. After I play with my puppy, I wash my hands. I cover my sneezes with my forearm or elbow when I am in public. And I cover my cough to avoid spreading dangerous germs. 
We are the Germophones, germ-busting superheroes. You can be too. Always wash your hands and cover your sneeze and cough. Let's stop the spread of menacing germs. We'll be back, germophones, with more powerful germs. And we will be waiting to prevent you from spreading. Welcome back and thank you so much for staying with us. Um, <laughs> next on, I covered a story in Viewfort, I think it was early this year with um, Nusa, that's, we call them horsemen, um, that the people who own horses and stables and that sort of thing, they had that meeting earlier this year and there was a lot of turmoil. They were not happy with the representation of the president of NUSA, that is Jeshwan Andrew, who was, is also the former president of the National Youth Council. Um, and now there are more concerns being raised about, you know, the mismanagement of money and what some people accuse of as em embezzlement and that sort of thing. Uh, but before we get into that, we need to uh, look at a report filed earlier this year in January uh, from one of the some of the footage that I had, and I went into the meeting, uh, I wasn't allowed in, but I stayed outside and tried to write the notes and stuff. Um, but it was a very touchy subject because, as we know, the St. Lucia Turf Club, the local horsemen were promised that they would have a race on that racetrack, and that never happened. It was uh, only for the foreigners and the foreign horses. And even now, um, with nothing going on in the horse racetrack, the, the race is the racetrack is there. They're not allowed to go there either. Uh, because they're saying that they don't have the appropriate paperwork and documents and uh, about the health of their horses. So for now, and for some other reasons, which we'll get into in another show, that they're not able to. So right now, horse racing, I think, is clearly put on a back burner. Uh, whether it made sense from the very beginning, whether it was a prudent use of our resources to get into that because now we don't have anybody coming in. And I think it was very difficult and strange to, for a lot of people, including myself, to see horses coming off a plane, um, beautiful horses, but coming off a plane and, you know, people are struggling and that sort of thing. I heard a lot of people say that when I was interviewing them. But for now and today, we're going to look at the president of NUSA, Mr. Jeshwan Andrew, and the members who accuse him of mismanaging funds, although I haven't spoken to Mr. And, uh, Mr. Andrew, I did try to call him, I didn't get through, I tried to call him yesterday and uh, this morning, um, and of course I'll follow through on that, but what I'm being told is that $50,000 
was asked from, you know, organizations and nobody knows where it's, where it is. And they're calling on Mr. Andrew to, um, to answer to his name, really. But before we get into that in earnest, let's look at one of the reports filed uh, earlier this year. According to several well-placed sources, this satisfaction has been brewing within the local horse community for some time now. This became evident to many in December 2019 after a video surfaced of a meeting between members who appeared to be dissatisfied. However, one month later, it seems that things are still not okay. On Sunday, horsemen from the Southern Equestrian Association met with Jeshran Andrew, president of NUSA, the National Equine Welfare Sporting Association. The meeting was held at the Office of the National Apprenticeship Program, located on the second floor of the Dyer Building in the town of Eufort. One of my media colleagues was in the vicinity at the time and made attempts to speak to attendees in an effort to find out what has been the source of their reported dissatisfaction. I want a national, I don't want, I don't want it to be NUSA or, or, or Southern Equestrian, I want it to be a national association where it's being represented by, 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 by um, a body which will take care of everybody in St. Lucia. A national association has to be representing the entire horsemen and women of St. Lucia, not just one entity that figure they can go ahead and that one going ahead. It is not way, because we cannot get representation that way, they will ignore us. You understand? I mean, we get registered. We need to register that association and make it happen. And nothing is happening. It's going to a meeting here, going to a meeting there, and nothing not coming out of these meetings. We have an entity which is NUSA representing us now, which is not registered. You know, we don't have we don't have enough membership. They don't have enough membership. You know, and we have a lot of local horse owners now up north, okay, and in fact in Saint Lucia that are not even members of the association. So you understand? And they don't want to have that. You know, we need to get that forum, we need to have a forum, we need to have membership to have an election. So At least two other individuals have also asserted that the National Equine Welfare and Sporting Association is not a registered entity. However, the organization's president, Jeshran Andrew, has stated that NUSA was registered in October 2015. As of press time on Thursday, I was unable to verify this information. For some time now, members of the local horse community have expressed dissatisfaction with Andrew's leadership as president of NUSA. Several reliable sources have indicated that many members accused Andrew of not effectively representing their interests. They also claim that Andrew would attend several meetings with external parties on his own to discuss issues affecting members of his organization. This was hinted at in December 2019 when a video surfaced of Andrew informing local horsemen that their races had been struck off the agenda for the highly anticipated Peter Cup, which was held on December 13th, National Day. They also said that they would not be promoting the race. Our responsibility is to promote the race. The race, the, the, the agenda for the day would not include our local races. They also said that... Um, Training, because I communicated to them that our bosses and our jockeys have never performed on a track like that. It is imperative that, like it is imperative that we get time to train, even if it's two days, for us to have practice sessions on the track it is important. They said no. We asked them to use the trailers because we have bosses coming from far. They said no. We asked them to use equipment. They said no. The news seemed to take many by surprise. According to one online publication, many of the men had already spent money preparing their horses for that race. I will bring you to one extent, but I'm not giving you a I just give you a 
Days later, it was reported that local horsemen had been granted a slot in the 2019 races approximately less than a week before the race was actually scheduled to take place. However, this did not seem to solve the problems affecting that community. According to several reputable sources, numerous internal issues continue to plague the community of local horsemen, many of them centered on Andrew's leadership. Andrew, who formerly served as president of the National Youth Council, has been accused by multiple individuals of furthering his own political agenda as opposed to representing the best interests of his members. During Sunday's meeting, my colleague approached Andrew with these claims. Chesron, some people have accused you sometimes of having your own political agenda. What would you have to say to that? My own political agenda. Political agenda. No, I don't have any has, political agenda. So one person agenda. has already accused you and, you know, sort of said that you go into meetings alone with government officials and that sort of thing. What what goes with your, your defense to that? Well, there are times that I go for the executive members, but a lot of the time they are not available. But do you have um, political affiliation? And in fact, are you the UWP-coordinating officer or anything of the sort in UWP? Why you want to? Are you? On Thursday, I reached out to Andrew myself to verify what affiliation he holds with the ruling United Workers' Party. Although I asked Andrew twice whether he does in fact hold the position of National Youth Coordinator, he did not provide an answer. However, multiple individuals within the party structure have confirmed that Andrew has held that position since at least late last year. The local horse community has traditionally staged races on February 22nd at the Kakabef in Viewfort. However, the status of this year's race is unclear as the Royal St. Lucia Turf Club has announced another grand race scheduled for that day. We have not yet determined whether local horsemen will be included in these races. For Choice News Now, Amani Mathra reporting. So as of right now, no local horses can even practice on the, the racetrack in Viewfort. Um, and of course, they, I think I've spoken to a few of them and they do not like that. They didn't think that's what would have happened. Um, they're saying that they don't have the paperwork required to go on there. And I haven't spoken to Mr. Andrew since, you know, he ran down the stairs that time earlier this year. But um, I will continue to call him. But there continues to be a lot of issues within that organization. For one, it's not registered. But the issue is for many people that it not being registered and Mr. Andrew still going to um, asking for funds from organizations for the that uh, for NUSA um, for more equipment and that sort of thing. And what the members are saying that they're not seeing any of the money, not seeing anything that's bought with the money. And Mr. Andrew is not answering any of their questions um, about that. We do have I spoke with one member over the weekend who made his concerns known and he has put a time limit on it and he's telling Mr. Andrew to come forward this week. Um, he did put it on Friday, but he's extended it to this week, Friday, to show where the money is or show what has been done with it or give it back to the National Lotteries Authority where he took it from because he thinks it's 
uh, it's illegal really to take money for a company that is not registered. Um, so that's the claim being made there by the former president of NUSA, former vice president of NUSA, Mr. Eugene Gabriel, and he had this to say. So he got the 15000 or whatever, on what premise? What, what was On the for? premise that that money was to be used for prize money for horse racing. But that was not what we were told. What were you told? What we were told at the, from him, that money was used, was supposed to be used for, for packages like all of us that train our horses, so they will give us packages. Why would I want the package? I have over 20,000 years old over again. Why would I want shoes and nails when I have that in abundance? Men don't want those stuff because we have it. And in the second place, that is not what the money was intended to use for. Mm -hmm. So you cannot even tell yourself, you know what, this is what we will do with the money. What are you hoping that this interview would do when people hear this? I just, he needs to be held accountable, point blank. He needs to return the money. And I, I told him that, I told all his board members, I am giving him by Friday. You found spot is giving him Monday. And I gave him by yesterday to return the money. Because you know, you return know, the money to... You return the money to National Lottery. Mm -hmm. Because the longer you keep the money, the deeper you go into this thing. You are in the public eye. You, you participate in a lot of your groups. So now a young person could say, oh, you know, this is okay to do. You have a responsibility not only to yourself or your members or the horsemen, but to other organizations that are out there, not even part of the horse industry. NLA will give them problems. It has a fallback. It has a domino effect. So we have to be careful how we do this. We have to be careful how we do this. We have to. And I agree, it does have a domino effect, especially when you're a young person in these organizations. There needs to be really prudent management of funds. And being the former, vice, the former president of National Youth Council, and I'm not accusing him, but I'm just saying that this is what your members are saying. And they do know... And they have the documents to show that $50,000 came in and didn't have no idea what went on. But I think another issue that um, came up within NUSA was that Mr. Andrew is the national youth coordinator within the United Workers Party. And nothing wrong with that. But I think people had an issue with it because um, they didn't know. And if you're going to be an affiliate within a party while still... Um, leading an independent organization and negotiating on their behalf. Um, it's like, you know, serving two masters or a conflict of interest. And even then, when you couple that with going to the meetings with nobody present, but you're there by yourself sort of thing, you can understand how people that could cause some distrust within that organization. And it is, I think, a very important one because so, many, so much resources has been put into horse racing that what is happening with our local horsemen it should be very important to us into how everything is going on. So again, I will keep us abreast of what's going on. I will continue to ask the questions and speak to people and get the interviews and um, see what Mr. Andrew is saying because if they're telling him to bring the money back by Friday, let's see if he will adhere to that ultimatum and what's happening there. And I would also really love to speak to him just on the premise of him being, you know, National Youth Council. And also, now that I say that, I think too that a good 
story or good line of uh, questioning would be about the National Youth Council, where they stand on a lot of issues because right now they're saying they're apolitical. And it is very, it's almost impossible to be that, especially when you're representing thousands of young people. And I haven't heard much of them in, re in recent times, especially with unemployment and so much going on. And also the accusations level at the National Youth Council too, that the members there is just a stepping stone for them just going into politics and that sort of thing. And really that youth empowerment and bettering of the country isn't really at heart. It's mostly people wanting to go into politics. So these are some of the issues that I want to discuss later on, but I do want to know what's going on with Mr. Andrew, and I will continue to call him. Um, but it also brings us into another point where I have been told, and we have all been told by the Director of Implementation, Ms. Nancy Charles, that assistance will be given, the $500 um, will be given around this time because she said it will be the third week of June and we're in that now. So I would like to see how that's rolling out. And just as a reminder, let's listen to Ms. Charles say that. In the case of the ISP, the um, Income Support Program, how will the disbursement take place? So, um, Tim, first of all, let me um, perhaps explain as well. Um, these are... <clears throat> Excuse me, this is a time and this is a, uh, um, something that we have never done in St. Lucia before. Let me just have some water. <clears throat> um, National Insurance indicated you had 18,000 people applying for that um, <clears throat> income support program. And so the, the lot of persons who apply for the program created a challenge for them. But I, I think that we have... Um, learn from our mistakes i think we have um a process um and a team of people who are there <clears throat> ready to process those forms and ready to process those applications and we're hoping that within between a two to three week period we'll be able to process those applications and make the payments possible one of the things that we um ask persons to do and to ensure efficiency of payment is to provide um their banking details and so it's much easier for payments to be processed to person's bank account as opposed to printing and preparing checks for them they have to go on a line and to collect those so i think if persons follow the guide as much as possible they can go on the government website it's um, www.govt.lc you will see the income support program there is a step-by-step -step, um, um, advertisement that guides you fulfilling out the application once as many persons as possible follow that guide and follow that step it should be a pretty simple process in ensuring that we can get the funds to persons as quickly as possible we also told um, persons that because um, it, it took us a little while to put all the processes and everything in place for it um, that we would be making payments to persons for the month of April as well as the month of May and the month of June so it's a three-month support um, in terms of um, so how that how do you determine um, what amount of money will be given to those um, individuals? Is, is it on the basis of um, the size of their business, what they were um, earning before um, COVID-19? Unlike, unlike NIC, there will not be a calculation of, of that nature. The income support program will be providing a flat rate of $500 um, um, to persons per month. And so with the NIC, there was a calculation in terms of what they were earning um, and also whether they were getting any support from the employer. With the income support program, is just a basic $500 that will be given per month. 
Okay. How much um, how much do you have in terms of the budget? The, the amount of money is allocated for this. There's an allocation of twenty four point nine million dollars in the mm -hmm. budget um, towards that program. Um, I think earlier somebody had asked me whether if this is not sufficient, what happens? I will leave that to the technical people at the Ministry of Finance. Um, should we surpass that budget, and, and the Ministry of Finance would determine a way forward in providing additional funding. But at this point in time, there's twenty-four million dollars that has been allocated towards this. Again, for reiteration's sake, when will the first disbursement take place? Well, we're looking at a processing time of two to three weeks. It depends on um, the amount of persons who apply and the amount of um, um, applications that we have to process, but it will not take longer than that. widespread comes a group of superhero germ busters the germaphos we spend most of our time fighting germs every day of the week after i play i wash my hands before i eat i wash my hands after i play with my puppy i wash my hands i cover my sneezes with my forearm or elbow when i am in public And I cover my cough to avoid spreading dangerous germs. We are the germophones, germ-busting superheroes. You can be too. Always wash your hands and cover your sneeze and cough. Let's stop the spread of menacing germs. We'll be back, germophones, with more powerful germs. And we will be waiting to prevent you from spreading. Identify with the most pulsating, the most riveting, the most eye-capturing UTV. To advertise with UTV, dial 484-7588 or 572-7588. For some of the most competitive rates, amazing programming, and bang for your buck. The most popular streaming channel, UTV124 on Facebook. Get it now. Check us out on Instagram at UTV124. Email us utvslu at gmail.com. It's not just for me, it's definitely TV for you.
Thank you for staying with us and uh, staying with us on Hits FM 92.1 and 91.1 and also on Facebook and of course Channel 124 and on Instagram. And um, we'll open the lines at seven at 572-7588 in just a minute. But first, let us delve into what I told you guys would have happened. Remember, I gave you guys a bet about the money that I don't have and the money that you don't have, that something was... Let's, let's, let's go back into time last week. The information is how you combat these things. We know what's coming. I'm betting you the money I don't have with the money that you don't have, that the next thing we're going to see is the prime minister making a play with religion. And it's going to come in a way of using the church for some political political points or political gain or something of the sort because you know these things never it, it doesn't change so we've seen him do it before i think we're going to see it again very very soon now there <laughs> last week we spoke about cambridge analytica and how the processes of that goes and even when they're doing it, and you see that in all different states and different countries. And in particular, in with our culture, religion plays a big part in our politics and how we view things. And that's what I thought of last week, that that's going to happen because we know now that they're here helping with the public relations, um, helping <laughs> change and mind-bend um, seeing the solution public, solution voters. Um, and I do know, too, that even within the office of the prime minister, the public relations there, the, the sequence in the, the people there, they've changed and people have been moved from that and changed up. So that's going on. Um, and then to see that I said that last week, and I see it come to pass. I feel like, a, you know, maybe I'm a prophetess. Um, See it come to pass over the weekend, the Prime Minister being on a show early in the mornings on Choice TV on Sunday. And it was interesting. It was intriguing to witness. You know, um, you asked me, um, do I sleep well? <laughs> I told you I sleep very well. Praise God for that. Because I always leave revenge to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's it's not great. for me. That's right. He's the judge. And so even persons who... Um, believe that they're hurting me, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I remain very focused on, on what we're trying to do here with the government. Mm-hmm. And so I want to take a, a page out of your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say to your audience that if in any way that I have done anything mm-hmm. to hurt anyone, um, to upset anyone, mm-hmm. be assured that that was not intentional. That's right. And I ask for your forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ask for your blessings. Um, I am a human being like everyone mm-hmm. else. I, I can say to you that I genuinely try to do the things that I think that are right. Do they always come through? No. no. But no. I know that I did it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can re-question my reasoning to make sure that I don't make that mistake again. But certainly uh, there is nothing that I'm doing to try to hurt anyway. anyone. And I'm certainly trying to do things to help um, build a, a new St. Lucia mm-hmm. because the St. Lucia that we have sadly Mother Collingwell has failed us in many ways. many ways many ways you know a simple thing the Castries Market mm-hmm. when I used to go there and see these hard working women yes. what they used to go through the state of the, the bathrooms that the perishables would be on the mm-hmm. floor mm-hmm. 
Um, and I, I was so happy to see that we were able to provide them with a facility. And that uh, the rent was not increased. <laughs> um, so they're paying the same rent as they were before. Mm -hmm. And I think there are many other examples of where we're trying to help the mm -hmm. persons that are struggling mm -hmm. um, and hopefully that they see an opportunity to move forward. You remember there was a beach vendor when she um, struggled and had the ambition of having a shop at uh, Point Seraphim. Oh, and she kept pursuing, pursuing her dream and eventually one day she owned a shop there. Wow. You know, these are the great stories and yeah. I think you're 100% right. Sometimes we focus on the things that divide us rather mm -hmm. than the things that, that unite right. us. That's right. um, and I think it needs Imagine how much better mm -hmm. if we put more time into the things that united us, yes. how much further we would be. Mm -hmm. And certainly I, I, I appreciate um, the comparisons with the other islands, but that doesn't mean as a people that we should not um, appreciate what has happened to mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Thank God for His blessings, Amen. because Amen. it's not one person by themselves that it's protected us, us and that we would wish the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. I wish that nobody in the Caribbean had died. Mm -hmm. I wish that nobody had ever become uh, sick. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I continue to wish that for St. Lucia and for all of our brothers and sisters in the mm -hmm. rest of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. I wish that our black brothers in America, mm -hmm. the pain that they have been suffering for many, many years. I had the opportunity to go to the um, African American Museum in okay. Washington, D.C. Okay. And it's to think of how many years since emancipation that they have continued, black persons have continued to struggle. Mm -hmm. And what people have sacrificed, people have died, people have done so much to promote the rights mm -hmm. of black people. And I think it would be a disgrace and a dishonor to them if we don't continue um, that fight going. Okay. So uh, with the, the Lord's help, I think we can continue to do that. So that was this weekend. Now, <laughs> I do not want, and I'm, I don't have the authority to talk about, you know, another person's spiritual journey and coming on television and praying for the nation. Um, but, you know, the Prime Minister did apologize and he asked for forgiveness for, from the solution public if he hurt them. And I think if anybody knows anything about, you know, really apologizing, it's not if you hurt them. Acknowledge that you did. And the best way is to show changed behavior. So if you want, uh, if, if we're going to do this, then why not show changed behavior? And let's do this. Let us discontinue the state of emergency. That's a good way to show that, you know, you're sorry. Um, because a lot of people we know and you know, and we've heard the cries of people really suffering economically. So we could start by that. We can also start with maybe an apology or an explanation for the colonization, had a conscience, or the calling the Salvation public jackasses or uh, barking dogs or mendicants, or maybe the single mothers and they being the cause of their own um, economic woes. Um, there are a lot of things. We could pick any one of them and you could also say sorry for that too and also give a clarification and also um, explain yourself when you say these things. There are a lot of things too. Maybe the lack of consultation um, that people have accused the Prime Minister of within the past uh, four years 
that there seems to be unilateral decisions being made. And as we say that, let's not forget, too, the uh, National Trust and the demolition without you telling them and the agreement was there, but you didn't um, care about that at all. So maybe an explanation or an apology for that, too. Um, there are so many things, but again, I'm not going to delve into what the Prime Minister just said, but there are a lot of issues here, and a lot of people are hurting, and yes, you want us to forgive, but... What exactly do you want us to forgive? You need to let us know what you think that you've done wrong. And if, because for me it was very strange, because the Prime Minister, I would like to know what prompted this. I know that it's not the Prime Minister's modus operandi, it's not his MO, to apologize for anything or take back anything or uh, even listen to people. I know that we've had the former CMO, we've had thousands of people coming on different television stations and voicing their concerns, voicing their pain, and we haven't heard anything from the Prime Minister, and he hasn't gone back on his word, but he has today. Um, and as to whether solutions, because after an apology, people need to accept it, whether solutions will accept that apology, that's up to them. But for me, I need more than just um, a 30-minute interview or discussion on praise and worship on Sunday, on choice, and asking for an apology or asking for forgiveness from the Sydney public. Um, and as to whether Cambridge Analytica is involved, I know what I know. I know what I feel. But a lot of people um, do believe that what he's saying is very genuine and all the more power to you if you do. Um, but for me, I feel like it's, it's just another part of the game, and you know we're in the middle of campaigning. That's my, that's what I think. I think it's just another part of the game. Um, and if we're still talking about Cambridge Analytica, if we could put that picture up, I thought it was so interesting. Things are getting really, really intriguing in St. Lucia with the politics going on. This is a post on Facebook, Government of St. Lucia, and it says, in this constantly changing environment resulting in sensory overload, cut through the noise and tune in to the National Television Network, the official source of government information. All facts. All facts. In caps. And that's a sponsored post. So when it's sponsored, that means that uh, it's being paid for every week or month, depending on whatever uh, you decide to do. But it's being paid to reach more people for a longer time. So it's on Facebook and it's there and it's showing you. But what I found really disturbing is that the government information service is there to, you know, disperse information to the general public. But when you now have this thing where it's all facts, it's saying that the other private media don't listen to them. We have the facts. Listen to us. And that's the first time I've ever seen it done. But I do know that is, it is so Cambridge Analytica. That is... That is that. That's what's happening right there. And I never thought that I would see it here because I see it in America and we hear about, you know, this is not facts and you know how Trump goes on about facts and false, false reporting and that sort of thing. And now to hear it from our government information service in a sponsored post on Facebook, it is so very strange. Once again, the lines are open at 572-7588. We could discuss anything you want to discuss, or we could discuss some um, things that I have mentioned earlier on in the show in the different segments. Um, but if we can go back to the Prime Minister and his prayer, and I saw it, and he, he took the paper out and was reading and, and praying for the country. We are a very religious people. 
I think, generally as a nation. So when that comes up and the prime minister is doing that, of course, it'll touch some people, could be touching to some people and to others, it will not. But again, I just really want to reiterate to the prime minister, it's about changed behavior and we need more than just an apology. We need a lot of clarification on these things. We need action. So for the first thing for me is to just discontinue this state of emergency. If you really are sorry, if you want our forgiveness, then stop the things from now. The things that you can change, do that. Stop the state of emergency. Clarify that colonization had a conscience talk to me about the mendicants the jackasses that bring dogs and all the all those sort of things because how you made people feel and i kept saying that from the very beginning of the show people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but they will never forget what you made them feel and right now people are feeling invisible frustrated and angry that they don't seem to be seen in by this um administration and mostly that everything is about getting re-elected that's what it looks like getting re-elected um, during this campaign Hello. season. Yes, you have a call? Good morning, caller. Good morning. Hello? Yes, good morning. Something's happening. Caller, can you hear me? Good morning. Okay, we seem to... I don't know what's going on there with that, but... It's a very interesting time, I think, for a lot of media people as well, because we've never had to deal with so many of these things. And again, you might not see it as much, but having that post on Facebook saying all facts when it's from Government Information Service could be a real issue um, for us. And it's not the end. I think we're going to see a lot more um, prayer displays in the coming weeks, maybe next weekend. Um, so that's going to happen. We have another call. Good morning, caller. How are you doing this morning? I am fine. How are you? Oh, I'm great by the grace of God. Are you a father? Can I say happy Father's Day? Believe well, it. I'm the father of the nation. <laughs> okay. Father of many. That's good. Go to the, the schools and speak to the students. Okay, Go to the boys' nice. training center. Okay. I want to give a little, make a little contribution. Go ahead. In my humble view, the prime minister is carrying on like a, like a con artist. I believe what happened yesterday, it was manipulation, it was mind-bending and mind-boggling at the highest level. I believe for so many things that this Prime Minister has done, while you are approaching an election now, you are being advised by your people to try to use a black woman going on a show to try to make us feel that we are stupid. You look at the many sins. For example, the closing of RSL, a bad DSH deal. We have no deputy speaker. You, buried, you barricade the Constitution Park. You stop the laptop program. You stop nice. You stop smile. You gave away $24 million to Sandals, $35 million to Lockerbie. You stopped the distress fund. You gave millions to Ojo Labs. You did not stop that. You did not resolve the impacts in 90 days. You called St. Lucian's backing dogs, jackasses, mendicants, illiterates. There was no accountability for the CIP funds. No stimulus package during this 
time of COVID, many people lost their jobs and there was no stimulus package. You extend the SOP by four months. You did not stop crime. You said it's a good thing for slavery. And I, as a black man, I am proud to be black. But when I study the history of slavery, the white man and the black men working in the plantations, mm -hmm. and the white men used, used to have sex, sex with the wives and the girlfriends of these people while they were in the, on the plantation. And the white men go as far as bullying, bullying, committing acts of homosexuality against the workers. And you're saying slavery was a good thing? Excessive borrowing. You promised to give the farmers to sell the bananas to France. You stopped the, the, the Cuba ICA program. Massive unemployment rate. You deny solutions of their fundamental rights to protest. People were threatened. I took part in the Black Lives Matter match. And my placard did not have anything to incite violence. And I only took part in the Black Lives Matter match because I saw the knee of a white man on the neck of a black man. And that black man crying. I cannot breathe. And as a result, I left my home to stand in solidarity with a black man. And you threatened to arrest us. I had to have my lawyers on standby. Mm. I had to get money where it is to put lawyers, people like Colin Foster, who is mourning the, the death of his father right now. I had to put him on standby. People like Michael Gordon, I had to put them on standby with the fear of I, of I being arrested, all because I, I decided to come and, in, and stand in solidarity. You threatened to arrest us. You're not putting solutions first. Uh, and when you finish, you go in on national TV and saying that you want forgiveness. That's a move of a con artist. We have to reject that. That's not a genuine move. That's the highest level of manipulation. And I'm warning the church this time around not to allow themselves to be used by politicians trying to seek office. Solutions. We cannot give Alan Chastney another five years. That's what he wants. That's what Alan Chastney wants. He wants another five years in office to continue the wickedness that he started. So I am saying, as a solution, I am rejecting that move that he made there. That's not genuine. That's not so sincere. Not, you're not, you're All not, what he wants is five more years in power. You're not accepting his apology? You're not giving no. him the forgiveness? It is not sincere. It is not sincere. How could you apologize and then you were in bed with the lady who was sweeping the road? You cannot serve God and Maman. You cannot want to serve God and then you involve in voodoo. That's not sincere. All what Alan Chastney wants is another five years in office mm. to continue the wickedness that he has done to us. And if we make a mistake and we put Alan Chastney in office there, St. Lucia finish. What about a new St. Lucia? What new St. Lucia, Tricia? What, what, what new St. Lucia are you talking about? Mm. Yeah. We are happy with our St. Lucia, where people living in peace and love and tranquility and our kudme and everybody having a piece of the pie. You have taken all state resources, all, all, the, all the people learning in Viewfort, and you give it to one man.
That's a new Saint Lucia. That land have to go back to have to go back. Have to return to poor people, to the farmers. Thank you. That's not a new solution. That's a that's a that's a, a desperate solution. That's not right. That's not fair. And I'm appealing to solutions not to make the mistake and to give Alan Chastney a next five years in office. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, caller. I appreciate your contribution today, and I know that some people will still have to decide on whether they're going to accept the apology, uh, the call for forgiveness, or not. And everybody, again, will have to make their own individual decision as um, that goes on. But you can do that with information and knowing what you know. I think we have another call. Good morning. Good morning, Miss um, Tisha Hi, Miss. How are you? May, can you speak a bit louder, please? So far, not too bad. Okay, that's good. Yes, good morning. Yes, yeah, good morning. Talk to me. Yes. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. And yourself? Yes. Miss, yes, uh, Miss, Miss Tisha Lionel, the mister that just finished um, talk there, I am, I am giving him a hundred thousand of the words that he said. And then if we, if we conclusion, we knew just certainly see by Shasnesala, Minister Kipase, the son we say as Prime Minister, my loving Prime Minister of Dr. Kenny Anthony. Dr. Kenny Anthony, I pray the bow. Ekumaka, where Jesus Nekazi Nifestekalitis in Mufestesa, like Kiavin Setlisia, Ek Nusentlisika Septesa, Nupakamete Pieno Ate. They are a bunch of rotten eggs. They are a bunch of rotten eggs. They are a bunch of rotten eggs. Yo panico te pio fe kayo. 